Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 265. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brayton Oski. And I'm Austin Morales. And this week on The Inner Gamer Podcast, I jumped into Resident Evil 3 Remake on the PS4. Brett finishes Concrete Genie, and he also jumps into Age of Empire 2 with some of our buds over on our Discord channel. In the gaming news, we talk about the massive Spider-Man leak reveals, uh, which is the story, release date, and more. Very exciting. We hope it's all true. It's some amazing stuff that potentially could be happening and gta 6 may be farther along than we realize which is also amazing because uh gta 5 was awesome and we can only speculate how amazing gta 6 will be along with sony may scrap ps5 console price etc uh it's a weird time because covid screwing everything up so we'll talk about a little bit of that and for our discussion topic uh we have some tips on surviving the quarantine we're like five weeks in ish to all this stuff. So we just talk about some of the things that we've been doing over this time to either better improve ourselves, help move us along with the backlog of games, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a really awesome conversation. So stay tuned for that and cue that music. Welcome to March 21st, 2020. Welcome to the Intergamer Podcast. For first-time listeners, welcome to the show. We make this podcast for our fans, so if you ever have any feedback, let us know on social media. Also, if you're a return visitor, thank you for sticking with us during this crazy quarantine time that we're living in. If you want to make this show better, please consider donating or simply sharing this episode with a friend. You can visit theintergamer.net slash donate to contribute. Also, just a reminder... Every single Wednesday, except for this last Wednesday because of complications and schedules, uh, we stream on Twitch and Mixer. So if you tune in to us on Wednesday, you can watch us play. Right now we're running through Divinity Original Sin 2, and it's been awesome, and we're building cool characters, and we love it. And Austin, I got to tell you, I looked up a video yesterday of a guy that speed ran Divinity Original Sin in 33 fucking minutes. Holy shit. I didn't think that was impossible. Okay. Hey, this speed runs for everything, I guess, these days. I guess. I was just like, whoa. <clears throat> just breaking the game, man. Breaking Obviously game. mainlining everything, but it was it was kind of cool and crazy to yeah. see that happen. Yeah. I was like, whoa. What? I guess, yeah, I don't know. But it's, we, it's cool, but I'm excited. <laughs> no. I want to enjoy this game. I want to oh, savor right. it. Yeah. I want to savor all the quests and the side missions and then the drop in the arena blindfolded and getting slaughtered by it's people. Fine. And It's fine wine. It is. It is like fun wine. Um, but uh, so there's a couple games that have been coming out this year. Mm. Uh, one most recently that has come out in the last month or so is a remake of a game called Resident Evil 3. And you've been playing it, Austin. Let's talk been. about it. Yeah, I put a few hours into it. Um, don't play it at night. It's actually scary. Like I, Both Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3, like do it, the remakes are, do a hell of a job of really, well... They heighten the fear, I want to say, but then again, the originals for me, which I didn't originally play Resident Evil 3, but Resident Evil 2 was pretty freaky when I was a kid. Um, so I guess it's along the same lines, and I'm really impressed with it. Obviously, the graphics are amazing. Uh, the lighting's amazing. The RE engine is just fantastic. I don't know what they, what the basis of it is. Like I don't know if they use something else or they built this from scratch. But it's really amazing. Like Everything they've done for both of these games are great. And there are talks that RE8 and RE4 uh, are in the works now, potentially. 
And uh, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it, honestly. <laughs> I think at this point, everything is going to be be a remake. So um, I'm excited about that. They really are hitting on that nostalgia feeling. And uh, it's good and a bad thing. Yeah. So we're turning into the movie industry. We can't make anything new. It's just all remakes. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I think it's that like, should be very successful in the gaming industry. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it starts off, obviously, you're Jill Valentine and you get, like, you start in an apartment and, like, right off the bat, like, there's this creepy, like, dream scene where you kill yourself and then you go into your apartment and obviously everything's awry because everything's already happening out in the city. And right before you, uh, you leave your apartment, the fucking nemesis just busts through your door. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, already, you're in a bad situation. And um, Wait, it's a quick question. Yeah. Because I've heard a lot about this, and having never played Resident Evil 3, I'm un- unfamiliar with this. But in Resident Evil 2, there was a guy that would chase you around. Was that also Nemesis, or was that somebody else? Uh, He was a Nemesis. Well, actually, I don't know what his name was uh, off the top of my head, but he is kind of like in the same realm as this guy. Like, they're all these super bio weapons and apparently the star like i'm not 100 percent tyrant sure. does that sound right yeah uh-huh okay yeah so what is the nemesis like so he's like this giant bio weapon that they use for war and stuff and apparently umbrella wants to take out uh, the stars officers because they know too much or they're very tactically advanced and they can really screw up umbrellas plans mm-hmm. i guess Again, I don't know the full story, <clears throat> but yeah, like that right off the bat happened. So from the get go, it's just all hell breaks loose, and uh, it's a nice change of pace from uh, RE two. So you have to get out of your apartment and get to the streets, and um, there's just a lot of jump scares, and I really like that for this one. It's just that different pacing. Again, I didn't play the original, so I don't know if this was. I- I'm assuming it's basically the same. Uh, maybe some changes, a few changes here and there, but for the most part, man, like you get to be in Raccoon City when everything's going to hell, so you see actual like living people and stuff. And uh, I haven't got extremely far into it, but the Nemesis keeps popping up every so often, and it freaks me the fuck out because he just like <laughs> he like jumps from the sky and um, just falls down random places and I'm just like and now I have to fight you but I can't so I have to run away and that sense of uh you know immediate threat and trying to save yourself is is real man it's real and obviously just like RE2 uh ammo and stuff is scarce you have limited space in your inventory so finding those extra pouches to to increase your inventory is key um so I do a lot of exploring and stuff and that's always fun um yeah, it's just having to manage everything can be tough. I got stuck in the sewers where there are these like giant, I don't even know what to call them, like bipodal lizard amphibious creatures. And they're a, they're a bitch to take down. I had a shotgun, luckily, so I shot them a few times. It takes like four or five shots to actually kill them. In my experience, and so <laughs> I was like, I'm running out of ammo. I don't have much. You know, I wasted basically everything. And uh, I just, I kept getting my ass whooped and I didn't know really what to do. So I eventually was able to get past that, but there are parts that just get a little hard. So like 
trying to manage all this stuff while surviving is is tough. Um, luckily, they seem to have sca- uh, scattered enough things through every throughout the world that it's not absolutely difficult. But yeah, I can see if you're not, <clears throat> you really gotta watch yourself. So it's pretty tough, man. And I'm just doing normal, so it's not anything like crazy, right? Uh, other than that, like it's been really fun. I've had to fight the nemesis. To, actually, I'm at a nemesis fight right now, and I put my shotgun away because I was like, I don't think I need it while I'm out of ammo. Uh, so I was like, well, I'm just going to put it away so I have more space to carry other things. And then I get to this nemesis fight, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm out of all my ammo. I can't do anything, and I have to kill him by physical damage. So I just ran around for like 30 minutes hoping something would happen and nothing happened. So I just died, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> Now this, I have to actually go farther back to, from where I was to um, get my shotgun out. So it's a little bit of a pain, but it's tough, man. I mean, I'm enjoying yeah. it. Like, I am enjoying it. There's a lot of awesome scares there. Uh, you know, the zombies are creepy as usual, and um, you just got to be light on your feet, quick with your gun. But hmm. for the most part, it, it's it's the, I mean, the normal zombies are pretty easy to get past most of the time. Um, there is this one part where I had to go turn on some power and they have like these spiders that had formed around this, uh, the, this power plant for some reason. And to like, like right off the get go, like once you go into this one area, the spider like pops down from above and shoves this thing into your mouth and puts, uh, like maggots in you that eat you from the inside. Oh, so it does like damage over time. And unless you have one of the green plants, like it'll make you throw it up. So if you didn't have any green plants, you're basically going to like die after a bit. And I was yeah. like, holy crap, man. <laughs> like this, I, I didn't even know that was a thing in the game. And I was like, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty legit. Like <laughs> that's no joke there. Yeah. No kidding. <clears throat> so Damn. a bunch of those spiders run around, but I only had one put something in my mouth. So yeah, <laughs> only, yeah, that's only great. One. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. They get mouth raped again. So, oh my god, yeah, that sounds uh, a little disturbing mm-hmm. in more than one way. Yes, probably every way. Yep. So, sadly, I can't talk like too much more in the game, but I mean, I think it's worth the buy, especially now when you're in quarantine. Like, there's a lot of, I would say there's a lot to do, but there's a lot to experience, especially the nostalgia. So, I think it's worth the buy. Yeah. So, um, how does it like? Like, what are the biggest differences between two and three? Is it just a continue? Is it a continuation of the story in two? Is it told differently? Like, what? How does our Resident Evil like transition from like one to the other? So it takes place during the same time, actually. Okay. As already two, it's just different perspective. Different perspective, like like uh, of like being in people? the city. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it's different characters too. Yeah, different characters too. Gotcha. Um, if someone did a comparison on YouTube of like, if you go like in RE2, you go through some of the same areas that Jill goes through and um, you can see that like before she was there and then after she was there, like it's obviously chaos, right? So yeah. it's nice that they put those little, well, I'm sure it was like that in the in the original game too, but like you can, it's nice that you can go to that game and be like, okay, I can see the progression of, you know, RE3 during RE2 if you're looking for that, so yeah, huh? Yep, man, that's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's man, cool though. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's worth it's worth the buy. I feel like 
Yeah. So I don't know how much farther I, I want to get at least five hours in. Um, if I can get past that one part, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, at least to put that much time into it. Cause I didn't finish RE2 as well. I just got bogged down with all the other games coming out. And now we have Final Fantasy VII. So there's a lot to play right now. Yeah. And you picked up Final Fantasy VII already, right? I did. I did, did play you? a little bit of nice. it too. So cool. We'll I'll, save that for next yes. week. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I've I've heard I've heard good things across the board, so that should be should be pretty fun, um, man. Yeah, no, it's 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 weird right now because like there isn't a whole lot that's been announced or coming out, but there's still a a good chunk of stuff that are really exciting that people have been wanting to play. Um, now, granted, like you know, RE three and FF seven are just the remakes, but it's still wild that you know they're so popular and they're still getting like super high like recognition and regard and stuff like that. And for those that never played those games back in the day, I mean, it makes sense to um, jump back into it and experience it for the first time, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, so on my end of things, I have done two things lately. One thing I wanted to talk about briefly is a uh, Concrete Genie. Uh, it was a game I talked about last year, and uh, it's an indie game that's exclusive to the PS4. And uh, when I talked about it on the podcast, I hadn't yet. I had discussed that there was a point in the game where it shifts and it changes. And I had heard about this, but I haven't ever played it personally. So I finally decided I'm. I'm just gonna. One night I was sitting there and I was like, I need to play something but I don't want to do anything that's like too stressful or anything like that. Cause it was late at night. I just want to play something and just intentionally try and finish something. So I was like, I think I'm pretty close to the end of concrete genie. So I'm going to jump back into that. So I jumped into it and started re- like recording it. Cause there was some stuff in there that I was like, Oh, this is, this is pretty interesting. I need to I need to capture some of this. This was episode 245. Hey, but want to go, wants to go back and listen to that, uh, initial impressions video. But, um, what they did in this is that, um, spoiler alert, but I mean, again, it's been a little while since the game came out, but uh, the majority of the game as you're playing is you're discovering new areas of this old town that you used to grow up in that you don't live in anymore. And now it's kind of been destroyed by like this oil tanker came and crashed in there and then everybody left because it just got toxic and covered in oil and stuff and just the industry broke down and everything like fell apart. So your goal is you're like a little, a kid that's an artist and you're here and you're trying to just, you're like the draw. So you're drawing things and, um, you soon find out you have this ability to, uh, draw pictures on the wall that come out, come to life and you can create these genies that are little like illustrations that help you and basically kind of become your friends. Cause you're a little bit of a loner. And then there's these bullies in the game that are trying to, just screw with you and beat you up and all this stuff because they grew up with you when you were younger. And now they're like, Oh, what's this kid doing back here? He doesn't deserve to be here. And, um, that whole thing is a, what goes down to the whole story. But there's a point where, <clears throat> um, you get to a transition where it opens up into a combat kind of game where up to this point, I've just been exploring and, running away from the bullies, but then also just painting on walls and doing a puzzle game, basically using the genies to help me do certain things. Those different genies have different abilities. One's like a shock genie that can like turn on things that are 
disabled, like an electrical panel. Uh, another one's like a, a wind genie that can blow things. And then there's another one that's a fire genie that can catch things on fire. So they have different kind of elemental uh, capabilities. And um, there's a point where you unlock this like special brush that now gives you the ability to shoot these elemental things out of your brush. So now I can engage in combat with these toxic genies that have been overtaken by this like evil sludge something or another and i can shoot out like fire like shots out of my brush and then i can like skate with my shoes i can basically skate on the like paint that i'm like creating they call it i think they call it like paint surfing or something like that but i'm literally like able to like slide around the whole entire map and experience a whole map in a different way that i never could before and fight off these bad guys and then it becomes like a boss bat like a series of boss battles where i'm trying to one track down this genie that got corrupted by this sludge and then get to him wear him down with my weapons and then take him back and like re like like uh, unleash the uh the toxicity that's inside of him so that he can become himself again um so you're basically taming the genie um, in that and I was like this is a whole unexpected like this is a complete like 360 shift from what I was playing at the beginning of the game so more reason why I feel like people should go and play this just to experience this firsthand because it's such a cool uh, just a cool different concept that I've never seen before and uh, like some of the gameplay pieces with the the latter half is like I've, I mean I've done this before but um, with the added change of the 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 painting capabilities and getting that all or putting that into play and then just the storytelling um it's a very simple story but it has a nice kind of like good-hearted ending to it and it um it just yeah it kind of reminds me of stories like night in the woods that had a very personal emotional kind of story told telling and a bunch of these other ones that are just like these these indie games are just really good at capturing like this this intimate kind of emotional um story instead of like these big huge grand epics and i thought that was pretty pretty awesome so so worth a buy it's worth a buy it's worth a buy yeah and it's a it's a beautiful game too i mean it's it's just uh it's cool because there's like these cutscenes where your care the where the way that they animate the characters kind of reminds me of um like stop animation a little bit like it's not fully 3d animated it's like um like 2d with a little hint of 3d and the way in which the characters move it's it's like it was keyframed um it's like a picture book kind of style as you're flipping through it and it's it's just a really unique way to kind of illustrate an otherwise very heavily 3d colorful game so uh very very impressed with the end of that game so I would definitely recommend going back and checking that out. And then um, another thing I want to talk about real fast, and I won't take long on this, but I got to talk about this. Okay. Age of Empires 2. <laughs> Holy nice. shit. So uh, for those of you that aren't in our Discord channel, you should go to the show notes and join our Discord channel because we have a community of people that play video games like at least almost every day probably. I mean, 
guarantee there's going to be somebody in there playing something. Right now, their big game is Escape from Tarkov. Uh, me and Austin aren't playing that game. It's too complicated or too much inventory management, but uh, there's still other people playing other things as well. Um, a couple of our guys are playing some Battlefield Five after they've seen us do the stream on it, so that's been really cool to see. Um, a few people have gone into Valorant a little bit, and I've heard it's not that great, so that makes me happy because that's a game I don't have to worry about. And then... Uh, we decided because I kind of convinced some of them to get Game Pass because of, well, one got Game Pass because they want to try Sea of Thieves, and it was like a dollar. So then from that point onward, uh, other people in the Discord started getting it, and now everybody's kind of got Game Pass in some capacity, and they're using it to play games that they've never been able to play before, one of which is Age of, well, they've played it, but haven't played it in a while. One of which is Age of Empires 2, the Definitive Edition. This is a remastered version of Age of Empires 2 that came out like forever ago. I mean, this game is like old as shit. But uh, it is, it's the game that I have the best memories with. Yeah, Age of Empires 2 came out in 1999. So this game is 21 years old. And damn, that makes me feel really old too, by the way. That's that's crazy, <laughs> but it's 21 years old, and this is the days when like RTSs were at it at their peak. They were so good and so well designed, and it's amazing to look back on this game and see just kind of how well the AI was designed 21 years ago. How much they were able to do and pull off in this because um, they work in formation. They uh, they have some intelligent maneuvering maneuvering abilities like we're. You know, you send them on a route and they like head down that route, like in formation, which is awesome. And uh, I was looking at stuff last night and there's ways you can like set a like, like non-linear pathway for them to travel. But um, either way, the definitive edition is really cool because there are uh, like a shit ton of civilizations you can play as. And each civilization has a slightly different like set of, it's kind of like uh, picking a character in Overwatch. Each one's got a slightly altered set of abilities and capabilities in the game. Um, for example, one of the ones I was playing as last night was the Huns, and their special ability is they don't have to build houses for population. So they start out with a population cap of 200, so I don't have to like spend money on building houses. And I am a cavalry uh, you know, civilization, so we have some perks and benefits for cavalry. And then uh, other people played as infantry-focused characters. And with that, it kind of the differences are you have this, you know, special unit that you can produce when you build, get to the castle age. You can build a castle and then you can produce this special unit that's unique to your civilization and then use it to attack people. So when we were playing yesterday, it was uh, Saturday during the day. Everybody downloaded this. We had like six people, seven at one point, I think. Uh, in the uh, Discord channel who had got Age of Empires and were playing. So we were doing 3v3 and playing against each other. And it was amazing because we tried all these new maps that are very like kind of custom and unique. Like one of them is called Arena and it starts you inside of an already built uh, gated fortress space. So you're protected from other people coming at you until they get further down the line, um, you know, into like the feudal age and, uh, probably the castle age is the first time that they'll really be able to have strength to attack you um, and break down your walls. But I was, I was just like having a blast. Like we had one game session that we played. I eventually died, but it was two and a half hours long um, for that one session that we, we jumped through. 
and everybody was like building resources in the first like 45 minutes were just silent in the in the chat because everybody's just focused on like just mining all the resources that they can so they can get their army ready to go and then somebody will like come and like you know kind of screw with somebody early game and then like fuck up their houses and then all of a sudden now they're back like a whole 30 minutes of time because they just got fucked <laughs> and uh <laughs> that was happening a lot and then uh like for example one of the guys in the group uh harry he uh he came and attacked my base super early at the last game we played last night and like knocked down half of my houses i was playing as the mayans i believe and i was like son of a bitch he's like took down all my houses i'm this i'm it's game over but i kept going <laughs> game over worked on it built up a bunch of archers and uh, or my civilization was focused on archery. So I was building up a bunch of archers and then built a wall real fast and got a wall set up and then had this like kind of choke point that I unintentionally built where I had double walls so that they would get through one gate, but then they'd be stuck in another gate and their guys would kind of like bottleneck up into this little like, like a uh, trap basically. And then I could just focus fire, fights at them and just like kind of get them in a pit where they die um so that helped me out for a little while but eventually i was like okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go take him back and take him down so i got my army amassed i had about 100 units strong and i sent him at his base and just like destroyed half of his base so he was basically screwed except what i didn't plan for is somebody else in our group who was on his team was amassing an army and this time we were doing 2v2v2. And uh, the other group was uh, Josh from our Discord channel and David. And they were in a team together. And I hadn't touched them yet, but I wanted to. But I was like, I had to get revenge first, right? So we're doing this whole setup and everybody's amassing their units. And I was like, man, I got this be- this awesome base. I got tons of farm production, tons of mine production, like tons of everything happening right now. Got a massive army getting some battering rams ready to go so i was about to go then and attack nick and i go to attack him turns out he has an army like twice my size and uh stops me before i even get to his walls so i can't do any damage and then i was like shit okay well there goes my army so i start building my army and at that point josh had taken out like his army i believe and then comes in to me and just like i just resigned i was like i'm done i can't i can't because he had, I, at, when we saw the stats at the end, I found out that he had twice as many villagers created as I did and triple the amount of gold produced as I did. So he had to mass this massive set of, re- his economy was insane and just wrecked shop. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was a ton of fun and we had a good time and I kind of forgot about how much fun those RTS games are. Um, and also just it brought back all these memories of things that we used to do that we don't have to deal with anymore, but it's kind of nice to have to do it. Like server lobbies, like instead of us like joining each other through a friends thing, there's no uh, friends list in here that you can like access easily. So <coughs> wow, we had to, uh, he created a server called Ass Buffet. <laughs> and we had to go into Ass Buffet and he had a password protected because we get people connecting to it like real fast. So we password protected it and we would join into a lobby through this and having to like do a search for a server name in the lobby list and connect to it was kind of exciting to have to go back and do that stuff again instead of just like right click join friend and then you're good. So that was cool. 
And then heckling people that came in the game was also kind of fun. And then we found that there's these like voice commands where you type in a number. There was like pre-recorded voices that they made for responding quickly to other players. So you could type like 24 and it would say, I'm being attacked with some guy in this really bad like foreign accent. (laughs) And it was, then there's like 120 of these commands. So we were just going in there and one of them is like, uh, one of the comments that the guy makes is, uh, start the game already. <laughs> and it's an actual voice command that you wow. can use. That's funny. I was like, oh shit, that's, that's so good. So <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun. So good times, huh? Good, good times. times. Oh yeah. Well, I will say so, that was not quick, Brett. That was very extensive. I was. Yeah. We're still at 30 <laughs> minutes. So we're, we're in I, good know, shape. I know. It was yeah. still good. Yeah. No, it was, it was a fun game. Uh man, good times, good times. But now, now I'm really excited for Age of Empires Four. I don't know what's gonna come out, but right. I looked back at the teaser trailer and I was like, oh man, you can build walls that go up mountains properly. <laughs> yeah, five years later we'll get it. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah. lots yeah. of fun. If anybody wants to jump back into that old school game, I would highly recommend it because it's it still holds its own. Jump on Discord yeah. and play with us. Yes, please join us on Discord. Check out the link in the show notes. And uh, like I said, with that, uh, that's going to wrap up for the games we played. Um, join us on Discord. If you like what you hear, you can consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with our video game news. Have you ever found yourself on your way to a friend's house for a LAN party or a con like DreamHack with no easy way to transport your gear? It's heavy, it's complicated, and you have to deal with about five minutes of parking restrictions. Thanks to our new sponsor, Crazy Pro Gear, you don't have to worry about that. They have an awesome pro-level backpack that can hold any mid-sized tower or smaller, your accessories, peripherals, and everything except your monitor. We used it at QuakeCon 2019, and it was a game changer. You can also use it for board games, video game consoles, and game sticks, and more to make travel to the next convention or friend's house as simple as throwing on your backpack. Head over to theinnergamer.net slash crazy, that is C-R-A-Z-Z-I-E, to purchase gear for your next event. A portion of the proceeds go back to us to support The Inner Gamer. We'll see you at the next con. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for a video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. If you ever want to contribute to next week's episode, everybody, make sure you send us a question or comment at hello at theinnergamer.net, or you can join us in our Discord channel and let us know right through there. Uh, we got a couple articles to talk about this week, some speculation and rumors that are uh, brewing in the world of video games. And the first one we are pretty excited about. Uh, obviously, take this all with a grain of salt because it very well might not be true, but... Um, if it is true, this is super exciting. Um, there is, uh, according to Game Rant, a article that was published about a massive Spider-Man PS5 leak with details on a symbiote suit, symbiote, symbiote, something like that, suit, uh, reveal date, and much, much more. So there is a Reddit user by the name of, um, uh, lost the name already. Where did it go? Uh, oh throws away quarantine eight uh who claims to have a contact uh insomniac that they had a meeting on zoom that showcased an extended video on spider-man 2 so it sounds like that they and like it's definitely no question that they 
are making this game. Um, but whether these stories and comments in here are accurate, um, they very well could not be. But it's worth talking about, speculating, and just kind of talking a little bit about our hopes and dreams for this next game. Because as you probably heard on The Inner Gamer in the past, if you've been a listener for a while, we absolutely adored Spider-Man um, and cannot wait for the second one. So it looks like um, there is also, uh, to add credibility to this, is that uh, community director James Stevenson did um, post a tweet saying that there was a meeting that took place on the 17th. So maybe this was that. Maybe there was content revealed, but whether or not this is true, we don't quite know. But according to Leaker, uh, Spider-Man 2 will be with Peter Parker and have a conversation with Mary Jane Watson um, uh, about the Daily Bugle and J. Jonah Jameson. And it's supposed to be set in the winter at the beginning with a bunch of physics and stuff like that with seven dynamic weather types. So I'm hoping that with this one, because what I thought was kind of difficult or weird with uh, um, Spider-Man 1, and I'm hoping that they can fix with this, is that like they had the day and night cycle, but the day and night cycle was tied to a level. So it didn't just like naturally progress to nighttime as you're playing the game. You like commenced a mission and then all of a sudden it was nighttime and then you completed that mission and then it goes back to whatever time state it's supposed to be. Um, and that was kind of weird to have it like change based on a mission that you were starting. It wasn't very fully realistic. So I'm hoping that with the PS5 and the powers that are in it, they're able to actually have dynamic weather that changes based on just the natural timeline in the game as opposed to you have to go into a mission to make it night or day. Um, they also say there's going to be dynamic dynamic missions throughout the game's open world with uh, things such as balloon missions from the Spider-Man 2 movie video game, um, saving construction workers, hanging out buildings, saving people to hospitals, rescuing people from burning buildings, basically doing all the things that Spider-Man does as your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Um, this was a bigger side missions, including a fight with Mysterio, a side mission with Daredevil, and a race against a human torch called, quote, Fantastic and Fiery. So that's pretty interesting. Um, main story will revolve around the Venom symbiote, which has um, started in a lab at Oscorp. Uh, this was initially bonded with Harry as a way to cure his life-threatening illness, becoming bonded with Peter, giving him a classic black suit from the comics. So you'll be able to swap out with that suit whenever you want. And uh, each suit of the game will have its own symbiote version. Um, and then they go on to say that uh, beyond that, uh, they're going to change out how combat works, so making it more aggressive than usual. And we'll have a dedicated skill tree that players can level up. And then there's some gameplay showing Miles Morales, who will come into contact with Peter Parker. Um, there's also a possibility that we might uh, see some uh, Green Goblin stuff happening. And then finally, they announced a few DLC packs, one that's based on Morbius, another based on Carnage, and a third based on Wraith. Um, so that's really cool. And they said that it could be revealed this summer, late summer, like August, and potentially release holiday 2021 as a PS5 exclusive. So... That's a little bit of what we got on Spider-Man 2. Awesome. What do you think about this? Dude. Dude. This is if this is true, this is such a huge I mean, this is definitely 2.0 Spider-Man. And the last one was just utterly amazing. Uh you have a lot of the awesome characters that we've known and loved from the Spider-Man verse. And I mean, the DLC alone makes me super excited. You know, Morbius mm-hmm. is that movie that's gonna be coming out soon with Jared Leto as right. a half man, half bat. Man, <laughs> yeah, but not yeah. Batman. And then uh, obviously Carnage is like 
the super duper evil version of uh, um, oh dang, what's his name? Venom, and he's going to be ridiculous. I haven't ever heard of Wraith, but from what I looked up, it looks pretty cool. But dude, like <laughs> even the symbiote suit gets its own upgrades. Like oh, I'm so excited. It's just. Yeah, this just sounds all so amazing. I can't wait for it. Please, please let this be true. <laughs> please. And Fantastic Four is going to be in here. Like, yes. Yeah, that that's... Daredevil. I mean, this could go back to, like, you know, our talk where we were, talk, we were discussing, like, what if there is a expanded universe games verse? You know, they have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What if, you know, Marvel's trying to do a Marvel... Well, I mean, I guess now, though, didn't we have a discussion about this Sony or Spider-Man is kind of up in flux right now. Right. Because Sony was letting them do that last movie, but it's no like it's, it's now a Sony property, right? Not a, it's no longer like licensed to Marvel. Am I making that up? Or is that, that's something that I was honestly can't remember. Recently. I can't yeah. remember. I feel like there was something with, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. They're taking, they're taking uh Spider-Man back. Yeah. So I'm curious to know if this is going to be like just like a cinematic universe of Spider-Man or mm. what they're going to do with that. But right. I'm kind of excited to see see where that all goes and how they how they kind of evolve it um, down the line. But yeah, I mean, Spider-Man 1 was awesome and I can only imagine that Insomniac will just take that and just, just level it up times 10. Um, I'm curious to know if, I mean, I would assume it's probably in the same place, like in New York City, but how, how are they going to change that up, you know, in this next one? Because that's one thing I do get some that I mean, I feel like we've been in New York city so much in so many games and I'd like to try something different, but New York city is cool. I mean, I enjoy it. Um, so I'm like, I wonder how they're going to, what they're going to do to like twist it up to make it feel different and exciting. And I think definitely the, the weather patterns and stuff like that, that can definitely make some changes and having more interactivity. Like I like that they kind of, pushed a little bit towards that in this first Spider-Man with like you fall down on the ground and you start running around and everybody's like interacting with you and saying oh it's Spider-Man and yeah. oh check that out Spider-Man and maybe they'll do a lot more with that where you can have like random encounters with people that just like yell at you as you come down and say like, stuff like it's actual like active things that take place that engage you rather than stuff that shows up on your map like it's it's dynamic quests that can happen at any moment yeah um that could be cool, but it also could be overwhelming, and it's like a lot of stuff. Well, I'm sure it could be very overwhelming. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the last one could be overwhelming if you let it. Um, oh, yeah. I tried. I did. Oh, I, I know. got really close. What'd I was you get trying to? 100% it. I think like 94. Dang. Yeah, I was really close, but then I just got frustrated with the uh, <coughs> um, those uh, prison like rooftop things where you yeah. like had to raid the prison people and like yeah. fight all the prison guys yeah they were just got really repetitive and i didn't want to keep doing that 10 more times um and i think i also didn't finish the the ones with the uh the lady that was in whites i forgot what group she was a part of but yeah those heavily armored bases that they had oh yeah um, yeah yeah those two things just like raiding those bases i like after doing like three or four of them i was like okay i'm done with this yeah there's a so, way to approach it but yeah trying to do it all at the end is probably not the best idea yeah, yeah. So, um, but either way, it was it was awesome, and I am really really excited to see uh, see more of this expansion into the story and see what ideas they have coming up with it. And um, yeah, just 
getting some more of this universe in play and all these other villains and stuff like that. Like, I don't know a lot about the villains in Spider-Man other than why I've seen the movies. So, um, but I, I know of these characters, so I'm excited to see how they pan out. And I like that the DLC packs are focused on, if that is true, focus on different characters in each one, as opposed to like, you know, the one that came out of Spider-Man one was, uh, what, uh, focus on, um, the, the, what's her name? The cat lady, cat, cat, not Catwoman. No. What was her uh, name? Shit. <laughs> I forget her name. <clears throat> we are really bad at this. Um, black cat. There it is. <clears throat> yeah. So when you had black cat, um, like that was what the DLC was, I think was just focus on black cat. So I'm anxious to see them kind of break out from that and do a little bit more. So should be cool. Um, moving on to our next story. Uh, another leak has come out. Uh, also this, uh, report is from game rant and, uh, there are talks that Grand Theft Auto six is indeed in development. And, uh, there was an article that first came out earlier this week that said that Grand Theft Auto six is in development and is very early in development and that likely there was a report that it would release in a lighter form than what you were traditionally used to seeing and be updated as time went on, kind of akin to what they did with GT online, but doing that with the full game itself. So they might release it with like a, like a story or like a piece of the story and then up release trend, like transition into new releases as the game went further. Um, so after that came out, another report came out that said that uh, it's not actually super early in development. It's actually been in development for a little bit longer. And um, they say that um, it's very possible that uh, they're like halfway through the game in some way. Like it's at least halfway finished, wow. if not more. And that they may be closer to release than previously published. So um, there is a talk here, like for example, like RDR2 took eight years to build. So um, that could still mean we have four years to go But uh, with GTA 6. But if they are going to do something where it's like lighter, um, that that we could be seeing something as early as next year, um, which would be really interesting. So... I'm uh I'm really interested to see kind of where this game goes and what they're what the, what they're exploring with it is I mean GTA Five is still one of my despite its major flaws with like gunplay and stuff like that still is definitely one of the my favorite games um of ever probably and uh it's it's so so good and so well developed and the story was incredible and the online component like still to this day is like making buku amounts of dollars. Um, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm hoping this is good. And it sounds like also that the, uh, crunch that rockstar had in the previous years may also be a little bit better than it used to be. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, kind of interesting. Yeah. That's, that's very good. Crunch can yeah. be bad for everybody. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I don't, I mean, let me throw something at you, Brett. You know, back when GTA five came out, it was a different time and place, right? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I would say there wasn't a lot of games as a service out there at the time. People kind of stuck with a few games every so often, and would allow you to dig into certain games and and really just have a bunch of fun. Uh, I feel like we're in a different day and age. Well, we are in a different day and age now. I wonder if as popular as Grand Theft Auto is, 
I'm wondering, I mean, minus the online aspect, which obviously is highly successful even to this day, and most likely will continue to be successful with GTA 6 online. I wonder if, I wonder how big the story is going to be, which will probably still be just as big as GTA 5, if not bigger or longer. And um, I almost feel like they need to do something very new and very interesting with how they tell the story. Because if they do something like, you know, GTA 5 was great at the time, but I don't know if I, I don't want to jump back into that story. And I feel like the way they pace and tell their stories now or from back then just wouldn't hold up so well today. Obviously, that's my opinion, so I'm sure other people disagree with me. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. Um, I'm not, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. At, at this point, I feel like anything is possible. Right. Uh, yeah, because it's um, it is a different space than it was when this first came out, and like RDR two, I feel like as much as as good as it was, and as much appreciation as it got, it did not near have the 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 name recognition that um, the first one did, and that GTA five did, and the online's not doing as well as the other ones did. So I'm like. I could see them doing something totally different here and trying something new. So I don't know what, what that could be, but um, I'm, I just hope that they don't like abandon a story and I don't think they would, but I don't think they would either. Yeah. But um, I am very curious to see how they approach it with this one, knowing how different things are today than they were back in the day. Right. Cause, cause and also we, how quickly they need to turn stuff, you know, because like, you know, they can't, I mean, they might be getting scared that they can't spend eight to 10 years on a game anymore and need to start getting stuff out in three or four years and see what that looks like. Right. It'd be interesting, interesting to see like a smaller, not, not necessarily a smaller map, but like smaller story bits spanned out over time. That way they can work on them over a certain amount of time without it being, you know, eight years <laughs> to get it yeah. all done. I mean, there's so much in there. I mean, yeah. I mean, I see where they put their time and effort into, and I just, they really need to do fix their controls and stuff. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that'd ever be what they'll ever focus on. Cause so, I mean, so many people play GTA online now, so why fix what's not broken? I guess. Yeah. Fair. Um, yeah, it is really weird. I still want to jump back into GTA online just to see what it feels like, but I do hope that they, I mean, I think this, that map that they brought out with GTA five, like it was so, they could have done so much more in that. They could have kept it going and just continually adding to it. Yeah. And I, oh, yeah. I would have played, played it. And I'm sure they did a little bit of that with GTA online. Cause I think that was the same map, but, um, even in single player, like they could have done, I was, I was really bummed when they didn't do all the DLC for, uh, like single player, like they did with uh, GTA four. Um, cause there was some really, really good single player components that came out after the fact, like there was the one with the uh, motorcycle gang that was really cool. Um, and just like that. Yeah. I was, I was bummed not to see stuff like that, yeah. but GT online is a moneymaker. That's for sure. Yep. It is. I'm guaranteed they will be just as big second time around. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what do you feel would be a good, like, so one of the things that people were, t- I've heard people talk about, and I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of interested in this because, you know, there's a lot of games have touched a lot of different big cities. 
Um, but one thing that I feel like GTA has done a lot of is like they've had like Vice City was in basically like Miami and they had uh, GTA 4 was in like kind of a version of Los Angeles and then San Diego and uh, like the surrounding cities or whatever. And then GTA 5 was meant to be, I think, also Los Angeles and then like um, the outskirts of it. And but they they made it much bigger and grander and just like open it up to where there's like all the countryside and stuff like that as well. But um, I'd like to see them explore somewhere completely different. Um, and it, uh, oh, and GTA Four was uh yeah New York City with uh um what's his name um yeah I forget the guy's the character's name but that was New York City. So like they've done all the places that we're used to seeing and like I don't mind them doing that, but I'd love to see them just explore somewhere completely off the wall different. And and take GTA like out of the United States. What would that look like? Um, I don't know. Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah, <clears throat> that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, you know, Watch Dogs has played with like Infamous played with Seattle, which is kind of cool. But I don't think Seattle would be good for GTA. Um, like, I think like I mean, what would like if GTA went to Tokyo or something like that? Like, that could be weird and different i mean it's kind of sleeping dogs-esque i guess but or yakuza but um if they went to like a tokyo or if they went to you know dubai or like some like big huge city that you've never seen before but could have like a seedy underbelly <laughs> to it um but maybe for rockstar it's just like they like to do with what's familiar because they're in california and it's like it's near and dear to them but yeah yeah, I don't, I don't know. Chicago would be cool. I like that. I yeah. think that would be one. I would like to see them go to Chicago because after visiting Chicago, like I feel like there's a lot you could do with that. Um, yeah, yeah. Or what if they freaking bring them to Dallas, man? Dallas, Texas, Dallas, no, Fort Worth. Enough there. <laughs> the whole metroplex, brah. I know, but the only one small part, like the small doubt, like downtown Dallas, is very small, yeah. like high buildings and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's true. I mean, you go to Miami, you go to, um, um, uh, you know, anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Indianapolis. Your list is huge. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, right. I feel like Dallas would be cooler than that. But I mean, Austin would be an interesting city. They could do some CD on ability stuff in Austin. No. Everything's Um, so small. Like, Texas does not have skyscrapers. Houston, maybe, yeah. But that's about it. Everything else is pretty low to the ground. Well, you know what, Austin? You're small. Okay, you're small. Well, thank you, Brett. I'll take that as kidding. a compliment. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Yeah, please. Um, so, uh, the Dark Pictures was a anthology from Supermassive Games that came out last year with the Dark Pictures Man of Medan. Uh, this is creators of uh, Until Dawn. And uh, I never played that Man of Medan, but basically it was going to be an anthology. And they just dropped a new trailer for the next part in the anthology called The Dark Pictures Little Hope. And um, I am kind of interested in this, except I don't like scary games. But I'm kind of interested because the trailer was pretty, pretty solid. Um, I was surprised how good it was, man. I was like, wow. Like (laughs) I know the other one was definitely just did not get the recognition maybe it deserved. I don't know. It just didn't seem that interesting to me. But this one looks yeah. really, really good. Yeah. 
it looked creepy, like super, like they actually put the creepy stuff into it a lot more. And that, that kind of grabbed me quite a bit more. Mm -hmm. And I like that, uh, you know, it's in this little tiny town. So it's like kind of reminds me of Alan Wake a little bit in a way, um, which is like tiny town vibes, but, uh, it's, it's gonna apparently double up with both modern day storytelling and also going back in the past, um, where the story was, the town was grappling, grappling with hysteria over supposed witchcraft. So there'll be like a like two tone kind of scenario going on here, and uh, I'm I'm really really curious to see how that plays out. But the the new character that they introduce is like older guy that just looked scary as shit, like just creepy and weird and stuff like that. It just has me really really excited. Um, but I feel like this would be a fun game to pick up and like stream one weekend once like all the anthologies come out. And just see how we handle it whenever we can like social distance less and get together again and, uh, you know, play through this stuff and see, see how it goes with our scared selves on a live stream. <laughs> I doubt it'll be that scary, but it still looks good. You never know, man. That's could, true. could blow your mind. You could, you could be like screaming in your sleep, you know, about after watching this. You never know. That's true. That's yeah. true. But I like this concept. Like, I'm I'm glad that they're trying something like this, where they they're independent games. But if you get the whole thing, it's like a bigger, bigger piece, bigger uh, overarching story that all kind of ties in together. Yeah. So I I I hope it does well, and I'm sure like once it's all out and stuff like that, they'll release uh the ultimate edition or whatever with the whole Dark Pictures anthology combined. That'd be nice. Um. So, yeah, in due time, in due time. All right, next story. Next story. Go. What do we have, Britt? Give it to me. Did you watch the Saturday Night Live? There was a Saturday Night Live. So actually, back up. I'm going to back up for a second. <laughs> back up. So Saturday Night Live had their first at-home uh, show because they haven't been doing a show because Saturday Night Live, as it describes itself, is a live show in a studio. And uh, because we're social distancing, they couldn't do it from home. So, uh, or they couldn't do it from the studio. So they did a at home version and recorded everybody. It was pre-recorded, so it wasn't actually live. But they had, um, like, uh, who was it? Uh, Tom Hanks, who has COVID actually, and was able to record from his home. Um, I guess he's doing a little bit better now. But uh, he was the host of the show. And then they had all these different people that are on the show do skits from their house and record it from their house. And they edited it all together and made it a big, huge show. Um, it wasn't as good as... Okay, so with that said, did you watch it? Uh, I don't watch Saturday Night Live anymore. Yeah, I don't watch it either. Um, it's not as good as it used to be. It used to be really entertaining, and it's just like kind of not as funny. But um, it was kind of interesting to watch this, to see the, see how they produced a, like, what normally is a live production and make it recorded. And they basically just had a bunch of like what would be YouTube skit-like videos that they compiled together from all their different staff uh, people and uh, put stuff together. Um, and uh, a couple of things that, that stuck out to me were uh, some stuff about video gamers. Um, obviously, everybody's at home. So they had one of the characters uh, who uh, has now, because he's been sticking home all the time, is claiming to be a at-home video gamer and is getting into Twitch streaming Call of Duty Warzone. And um, oh. so he's uh, they show him doing his stream and they like, did it all up to where he's got like animated graphics and stuff like that, that introduces his stream. And then he jumps into the game round and, uh, he gets like, 
he starts and spawns in and gets shot real fast and um, basically realizes that he's not very good, um, but tries to think he's is good. And um, <laughs> the uh, the Polygon article says that when those no no good prepubescent spawn campers prove too formidable, Day switches over to something a little more familiar and a completely telegraphed punchline. Bonus points for the dubstep, though. It makes you feel like I'm at E3 circa 2011. So it was really weird, though, because <laughs> it's one of those things where um, you start to see that this was done a little bit by people that aren't also as involved. Like, they understand this uh, culture, but they don't really fully understand the culture because some of it was kind of corny. And I'm like, this isn't what a normal streamer would be doing. Uh, this isn't the type of thing you'd see. I mean, maybe PewDiePie would, but not your average Call of Duty streamer, for example. Yeah. So it just was, over it the was top. Just this, yeah. It was, it was one of those signs where you're like, okay, they're they're trying. And I'm sure like the majority of people, I guess, that watch Night Live would find it funny and maybe slightly entertaining because they're like, oh, I can relate with my kid now. But it was, it was still <laughs> I can weird. relate to my kid now. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. Right. Uh, but uh, then later on, they did a skit with uh, middle-aged mutant ninja turtles, um, which was <laughs> so weird. But uh, they were uh, doing something where, like, what would happen if the teenage mutant ninja, ninja turtles were were alive now? And they did a show on it, um, and they did a um, did a show with uh, Roth. Raph has a gambling addiction. Shredder is an Irish Catholic. And then April and Michelangelo are on the rocks and having troubles and stuff. And uh, it was weird and kind of disturbing, but kind of entertaining at the same time. So um, pretty interesting, pretty interesting. But, you know, all the uh, <laughs> late night shows are also been trying to do stuff from home. Like Jimmy Fallon, uh, Stephen Colbert, Seth Meyers, yeah. all of them. Uh, and apparently everyone's saying that it's been, it's been pretty bad. Like it is not good at all. They're like, well, if you don't have the laugh track, it just, there's no, there's no yeah. punch to anything that you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that sucks. I mean, this is just showing how, how fast TV is dying. Um, but I think Trevor Noah and then I guess a little bit of, uh, Jimmy Kimmel kind of, kind of doing okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've never been a big fan of Jimmy Kimmel. I feel like he gets way too political a lot of times. Yes, I agree. But, uh, but I like, I like Jimmy Fallon when he first started and I watched a lot of his shows, but then it just kind of got repetitive after a while. And I did watch one of his at home videos and it was, it was fine, but he's not funny at home. None of these guys are funny at home. Trevor Nover is okay because he's just more of a, you know, just a person. So like he can be a person and he, it's, it's easier to watch him. Yeah. But uh, did you yeah. see that uh, video that uh, John Krasinski is doing? Yeah, from the office. Yes. Uh, something good news or something like that, yeah. or yeah, the good news show or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah I mean, very, he's doing something. Yeah, and I, I like that. It's like I mean, he knows, and he's like, like he knows that it's from home, and that it doesn't need to be like fantastic production or whatever. So he just has like a logo that his daughters drew up or whatever that yeah. sticks in the background, and it's. It's not a high production thing, but it was cool right. to see see Steve Carell on the first episode and doing the whole thing. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't finish the first episode sadly, but you know I hear it's good. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So last story we got is a little update on the PS Five, and again another possible rumor uh, speculation. But we talked last week about 
the DualSense controller being revealed from PlayStation, which is their new uh, PS5 controller, but we still haven't seen the console. And there are talks that, um, like we also talked about how there was heating issues with the console and that they're really struggling to keep it from like catching on fire, basically. Not That's obviously an exaggeration, but they're having trouble keeping it toned down. So um, a new story came out, again, also on Game Rant here, says that Sony may be scrapping the original PS5 console price and release date reveal plans um, to go back and fix some stuff, stay competitive, and combat COVID-19. So as of right now, the Xbox Series X is still planning to come out this holiday, and the PlayStation 5 was also going to come out this holiday season, but um, they haven't shown the console, and um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's odd, but according to Bloomberg... They said that Sony's unsure whether to change its marketing plans around this PS5, uh, which obviously hasn't been a lot right now, uh, with the company seemingly thinking about altering the console's price point, release date, and reveal. So partially due to COVID-19 and the, the fact that there was a recent report that said that there will be likely less uh, consoles available at launch because of production uh, with COVID, um, but also down to the ambitious specifications of the PS5, the scarcity of the components needed to make it, and how expensive units would be to build. So Bloomberg says, and I quote, game developers who've been creating titles for the PlayStation anticipate its price to be in the region of $499 to $549, with the price point being for, quote, increased component costs, pushing up the price required to Sony to break even. Um, so uh, I don't know if we're going to see a PS5 this March or this this not this March this holiday season um, due to all this stuff, but it seems like they're continuing to have production troubles and that sucks for them. Well, big time. Before I get into Sony, I, I'm just curious where I mean, where is Microsoft getting? I mean, first question: Where is Microsoft getting their stuff made? You know, and then two, they might have had a more of a solid plan ahead of time, so they're able to get the necessary plans and manufacturing completed before all this happened, potentially. So maybe they won't be as as affected. Um, at the same time, uh, this might be lose-lose for Sony because, say there are issues with the design, right? Yeah. That could, you know, obviously they have to, they, they have to wait quite a while before they can actually produce new stuff unless they find something here in America that will produce... These things, which will not be cheap at all, obviously. Oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, even if they do come out with some limited quantities, I mean, if it's 500 bucks, everyone who's hit really hard right now, they're not going to go out and buy this in the fall. It's just not going to happen. Right. And, you know, it might even be a whole year before people have the, are able to rebound enough to even consider buying this stuff. Um, I mean, same. It goes the same with Xbox, uh, but the price point there is a little easier to digest. It was four ninety nine, right? Or it's gonna be four hundred bucks, right? Didn't they say? Uh, yeah, they said four ninety nine to five forty nine. No, no, I meant for Xbox. Oh, uh, I don't think they've announced it yet. No, I thought they did. Maybe I'm mistaken. Brett's gonna look that um, up. Nope. They have not. Okay, never mind. Um, maybe someone was speculating it was going to be, yeah, four hundred or four fifty or something like that. We're looking around four nine nine. I think is what the the rumor is for both potentially. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. Um, 
Yeah, and then if they have to wait just to get these made like later, or they only have a limited amount, I mean, I mean they're really getting shot in the foot, honestly. Um, but I mean, who's to say Xbox is going to do any better with given the situation we're in? So yeah. they could have all this stuff on the shelf and it just doesn't move. Yeah, you know, and it could and give PlayStation a chance to rebound come next fall. Yeah. I think the biggest issue for PlayStation right now is the fact that the, uh, I mean, they're dealing with the their internals on the PlayStation Five. They have some custom internals, whereas Xbox is using stuff that's not custom, but they're just cramming it into a new their hardware. Their like shell is you know a custom designed piece of hardware, but the internal pieces are pretty much like what you can get out there already. But I know that you know PS5 has been jumping on that whole SSD that they've done, which is a custom design solid state that they I think built internally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I think that's what's the biggest holdup for them is that this isn't you know using like pre pre available parts or whatever. They're like having to build some new stru- infrastructures and just not able to ramp up that pipeline, I guess. But yeah, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to see. I want to see what it looks. I saw somebody release a uh, a rendering of based off the DualSense controller design, what they th- and also the design of the developers kit that came out. They made their own version of a PS5 design, and it looked pretty awesome. I was like, "This is badass." Was it, it the, had a little? Go ahead. Do it. Go ahead. Yeah, it, was, it had a little bit. It was like white in the no, it was black in the or dark gray in the center. Where like there was like kind of a bit of a concave, and there was like white on the outside, on some of the edges, and then there was like some blue, like thin lines that kind of like wrapped around in different pieces. So it had all the colors. It didn't. It wasn't just a white console. It was white, mm. dark black, almost or almost black, but like dark charcoal gray, and then blue, and it looked pretty, pretty sick. Very cool, man. Yeah, I saw some stuff people had said looked pretty cool, or like their own design too, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah, man. I like it. There's, there's a lot of cool stuff they can go with, but I really hope they're not having heating issues. <laughs> Please know, don't have seriously. heating issues. Yeah. Yep. I cannot wait for it to come out. Either way, so hopefully it comes out this year. Yes, please. And uh, we'll uh, be excited about that. So. Anyway, that is it for our video game news here. If you haven't subscribed to us yet on YouTube, go check us out at youtube.com slash gamer and subscribe to get the videos as they launch. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our discussion topic. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Each week, we dive into a topic about video games. And this week, we're going to talk about quarantine. We're going to talk about getting out of quarantine safely. Um, we have all the answers right here. We're ready for you. Yeah. All right. All right. This is, this is the answer to survive quarantine. Um, actually, no, this is the, uh, the Get inner gamers. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Get yourself in the bubble. Uh, this is the inner gamer tips on surviving quarantine. We've been in quarantine now for what, four or five weeks, maybe longer. I don't even know anymore. I don't know what day it is. I, I don't know what been, week we are. I think it's four. It's just, What's going on? it's, oh shoot. I mean, no, no, no. Sorry. You two just popped up. <laughs> um yeah it's been it's been a minute um yeah and uh we're five five weeks i think so yeah i think we're, we're reaching that point so we want to talk about some different things that uh we've been trying to do to uh survive quarantine um 
You know, it's it's funny. I've been hearing a lot of people talk differently about how they're approaching this time. Um, you know, as as gamers, they're like, well, we play games all the time anyway, so we want to get outside and work out and do all this stuff, which I want to do too. I need to like try and get that rhythm happening, but um, I haven't done as good with that. Like I stretch and I walk a little bit around the house and stuff like that, but that's like, that's about all I've been doing. But um, yeah, it's been really bad. But I've also been working a lot, which a lot of people are working less now or they're out of jobs. And I'm really sad about that because I wish I could give them my work to do. So I'm not having to do as much and help out with that. But fortunately, I cannot do that. But um, there's a, there's some things that we can provide and suggest or just some things that I've been doing more of now that I have not more time, but because on the weekends when I'm usually like going out to see friends or doing this or whatever, like now I'm, what do I do inside when I'm not going to see people? So I've been exploring some of those ideas. So, um, one of the things we've been doing at my job is we've been having virtual like zoom calls, um, happy hours actually, uh, at the end of the day. And on Friday we try to do a virtual happy hour that ended with a game night. And I was trying to get my Jackbox party pack hooked up uh, through stream, but I was like not successfully able to figure out how to connect my, like I was going to go live on Twitch and just do it that way. But I was like, I don't have it on PC and I have it on my switch. So I went to get my capture card, plug in my switch and that didn't, wasn't pulling up for some reason. It wasn't recognizing it. So I was like, well, shit, I guess we're just not going to play this. But See, I did find out. Discord yes, live, man. Discord live. But I don't want to have all my like coworkers like joining uh, in Discord because it's like yeah start start your separate Discord for your company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. There you go. So that would have been the solution otherwise, but they're like a bunch of people that don't play video games, so oh, it would not have made sense for them to join so, Discord. Side note: we we did our own little, I guess, game happy hour thing <laughs> the other day where we uh, a few of our friends got in the Discord and I went live off of my PC and play Jack Jackbox Party Pack six. And that was pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, it was uh it was it was pretty neat. Um so what I've done now though is uh Steam is doing a or actually Jackbox is doing a sale. So all the Jackbox games you can buy them in a pack, one through five, for like half off. So That's I was like, good. fuck it. I'm just gonna buy it. I'm glad so you did. now I have all the Jackbox games on Steam. Nice. Uh they were like fifty it was like it was like $10 a pack, I think. So now I'm good. So now I can run it through steam and then I can just, you know, share my screen on my desktop and do where, on whatever platform I'm using and we're good to go. So that's one of my tips is get your friends together and drink alcohol and play Jackbox party pack through Zoom. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of people actually doing that. They post photos on Facebook and stuff of their zoom call. Yeah. I was like, Hey, look at that. <clears throat> people are still hanging out. Yeah, that you put FaceTime. virtual backgrounds and stuff, which is awesome, and uh, make yourself look like you're in a place you're not. Um, the only downfall with those Zoom calls is that they're not the same because everybody's talking over each other. Like we had thirty five, no, thirty people connected on Friday during the beginning of the happy hour, and it was just not. It's like I there's nothing. There's, I don't want to talk to anybody because I can't talk to anybody because it's everybody talking to everybody <laughs> at the same time. So uh, it's not like you can break out in groups like you can at a a bar or something like that and like have two people talking here two people talking there yeah it's a lot more challenging yeah so small groups of organization are very important um 
Another one I want to throw out there is uh, at this time, if you want to survive quarantine, join our Discord channel. Now's the time to join our Discord. So if you haven't joined our Discord, the link is in the show notes. You can come play with us and you can find people to play with and have a good old time. So that's highly recommended. Um, yeah, because we don't, we don't work anymore. We play games all day now during yeah, quarantine exactly. and get drunk. Yeah. 10 a.m., yeah. let's have a beer. I, I don't do that as much, but I, I, I yeah. Austin, that's all. That's what he's all about. He's, no, I watched. Uh, <clears throat> I have been drinking more for whatever reason. I don't think. Well, it might be related to COVID. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I saw a video on Facebook, and this guy said everyone's working from home? Question mark. And so this guy was running down a street um, and looking at all the recycle bins. And there's, I'm no no joke, like four to eight bottles of wine in each of the recycle bins he was running down. <laughs> and I was like, he was like, they aren't working from home. They're drinking from. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, It's just so easy to to just open some wine. You're not doing anything. It is kind of true. I mean, it is is a lot easier to slum more accessible. You're like, well, what am I going to do right now? Watch TV and drink wine, I guess. Well, I mean, you get the cabin fever. You might as well drink. (laughs) Yeah. It, It is. It is interesting, though. I've been hearing stories that, um, you know, like uh, depression and stuff like that has changed. I mean, there's people that are more depressed now because they're inside and there's also like an increase in like domestic abuse and stuff like that. Yeah. One thing I did good. see that's happening is there's a lot lower, like, I guess, depression and suicide rate from kids because they're not in school. So they're not surrounded by the forces that would cause them to go crazy, which is the other people. <laughs> oh, no. When they actually are, go back to school, everyone's going to be depressed. <laughs> Probably social Maybe anxiety. Like, gosh, <laughs> I know. Like, can you believe? Like nobody's uh, going to school for like the rest of the year. That is, they like insane. Like how 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 does that work? I don't know. It's mind boggling. I don't know, man. Oh man, yeah. It's it's the weirdest thing. But I saw a meme yeah. of like uh, it's the two little uh, those little minion guys from uh, Despicable Me. Yeah, and one's like upset, but the other one's laughing. And the one that's upset says parents, and the other one that's laughing says teachers. And it was like for the rest of the school year, <laughs> yeah, don't have to deal with them. But I mean, they're doing Basically. online classes, so as far as I yeah, know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they are. My uh, one of my neighbors, or both my neighbors, are teachers, and they're they're still doing online stuff. They just said it's been a hard transition to 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 do that because you don't. It's just it's different. It's a different thing. It's like yeah, you have twenty five kids that are probably in your call. And they're all yeah, either able to ask questions or you don't really know if they're fully paying attention because you, I mean, you probably see them, but yeah, you it's can't really. Very easy for them to get distracted, I'm sure. Yeah, it's tough. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, do you have any uh, any <clears throat> tips on uh, surviving quarantine? Anything you've been doing differently since you've been home so much? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you have a hobby, definitely, or been trying to start a hobby, you know, jump on that. Obviously, I, I paint miniatures now, so. I've been uh, surprisingly not getting as much out as I anticipated, but I have been working uh, at least every other day on something for my hobby. Okay. Uh, so I've just been trying to, well, I'm trying to not get so ahead of myself because I could build a bunch of stuff right now and prime it all, but then it would just be sitting there. But I try to find this balance between like building, priming, or like, you know, well, it's part of the painting. Painting, um, because obviously there's different processes and steps to completing something. So I, I find actually putting things together pretty therapeutic. 
Uh, and sometimes the painting yeah. can be a little tedious because there's so many little bits and pieces on some of these models that if I want to have it the highest fidelity, I have to focus on them. And then that just gets stressful. And I'm like, oh, let's build something. Yeah. Not focus on that. Huh. So. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I haven't heard you talk about miniatures in a while. I was wondering if you were doing more of that now that you're yeah, at home I'm, more often or. Yeah. Not. I mean, I can't. Obviously, it's part of the league and we can't meet up anymore. So. And I haven't had the urge to play Underworlds in a while. Yeah. And I'm really afraid that all this time and money I've spent on this game uh, might be for nothing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen when everything opens back up. Like that whole, I had a good drive for it because I could, every week I could play it, but now I can't. So, and, uh, you know, I bought you that table, yeah, tabletop I, simulator and play it digitally. I, I got that and I was looking at it, but I was like, I don't even, like, I don't even remember most of the rules anymore. <laughs> So I feel like I'm Damn. starting over. I'm like, oh, this is not good. This is just not good. You're really out of it, man. I know. That's it's not crazy. good, man. But I have the interest to paint, so at least I have that. That's good. Yeah. I'm, uh, you got you got something. I mean, that, yeah. that, if nothing else, like that's just, you now have things that you put your work into. Right. It's like, you know, cosplay or whatever, like people making costumes and stuff. Like they make something that whether it's, you know, for professional stuff or if it's just for yourself, like it's something you put your craft and your handwork, handiwork into. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could fix up the house you know, there's some things I need to do around the house anyway, like put up some shelves and stuff. And, you know, Lizette likes to move things around and we try to declutter. So, yeah, you know, it's just little things that kind of just fix the quality of life around where you live, which makes a big difference on your mental uh, well-being because yeah, we let it go sometimes and obviously that's pretty normal I think for everybody and then you're like okay I need to pick some stuff up and then once it's clean you're like ah oh, this is amazing Feels so good yeah <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah I did that the other last Saturday I um uh spent the evening working on that like I was I was in my room and there's like a corner of my my office where I've had like a shit ton of cables just thrown in boxes I was like I'm gonna organize these. So there was a, a a live concert stream going on. So I turned that on nice. and then it started working on the nice. stuff for a while. So now I have yeah. like four boxes full of cords that are like labeled in Ziploc bags based on their type. Mm. So I have like, here's all my video cables. Here's all my audio cables. Here's all my PC specific cables. Nice. And they're, they're, they're partitioned properly. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And then hardware too. So like if I have like screws or anything that I need for uh, putting in a hard drive or whatever, I got like a an arsenal of that stuff too. So um, that was that was nice, nice Very cool. feeling to get that done. You could also, uh, uh, if you have a PC, you can clean out your PC or clean your, clean out your PC desk, organize some cables. I do that every so often. Um, like if you listen to our Half Life Alex podcast, which was last week, I talked about briefly that I you know had to move my PC into my living room and then when I brought it back I was able to clean my desk off and organize some cables so it it really helps out that way yeah doing stuff like that yeah uh something else I think is good for right now is uh backlog hitting up that backlog a little bit trying some indie games specifically you know give some of them some love and support if you haven't done so um like for example I started playing Life is Strange before the storm which came out a couple years ago that I bought on a Steam sale and haven't jumped into yet. So I started playing through that. It was kind of nice to like actually go through something that I haven't, I've been wanting to play, but just haven't been able to squeeze in the time to sit down and play something like Brands Making New. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I knew that it would be something I could get through relatively quickly and like check it off my list. So I'm almost done. I've finished two of the three episodes, so I should have that finished next week and uh, accomplish some good stuff. Yeah, man. That's good. Yeah. I, I I need to, but <laughs> obviously the two games that I've been wanting to play came out, so I haven't been able to really get any backlog stuff. But, yeah, you know, Scott... Got his new PC, so I knew he could. I knew he couldn't stay away, Brett. I knew, <laughs> I knew he'd come back someday. We keep hounding him, like, "Hey, you want to play this? You want to play that?" He's like, "Ah, my my laptop just can't handle it." I'm like, All right, man. All right, you're missing out. But um, gonna play some online games with him. So just catch up with an old friend we haven't played with in a while. Oh yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I've been wanting to. Uh get into uh humble bundle like looking at that again because mm. they always mm-hmm. have deals and stuff going on i think that's a good platform to go to for um picking up stuff because like they just there's always they have their big bundles that they do and they have like different types of games that are always on sale and it's just i mean there's just so much that you can just go crazy with um like right now they have a uh Ooh, here you go, Austin. They have a Warhammer 40K series starters black library available to purchase with like a bunch of Warhammer books. And then they have like, I mean, like they did that COVID-19 thing that they were doing not too long ago. And they have their subscription service you can sign up for as well. There's just so many like, it, it's amazing to see what Humble Bundle has grown into. Um like they have an XCOM one where you can pay a dollar or more and get like Spec Ops Align, Sid Meier's Pirates, Darkness 2. If you pay $15, you also get like Civiliz- Sid Meier's Civilization 3, Bioshock the Collection. And then $20 or more gets you Borderlands, W or NBA 2K20, XCOM. Like there's, there's a lot of games for like 20 bucks. I look, they have a 3D printable Dungeons and Dragons layer terrain. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to see how much it is. Get the bundle. It's 25 bucks. So our suggested price is 25 bucks. And you get Oh wow. Let's see. Oh, maybe two more. That's kind of badass. Wow, dude, there's a lot here. Holy crap, dude. Do you have a 3D printer? I was planning on getting one, but I didn't want to dive into that because <laughs> I just that's just too it's just so it's a whole other thing man I mean you thought miniatures was bad you should see 3D printable miniatures oh yeah I mean like looking at this man like the village <laughs> ruins and shit like you can get, yeah. get a little crazy with it well not only do I have to print it off I have to paint it <laughs> right yeah uh, shoot me in the foot well painting is the fun part right exactly exactly yeah. Um, yeah that's pretty cool that's a su- suggestion I got is like Jump out there and get some uh, get some humble bundle stuff happening. Yeah. Oh yeah. All about the humble bundle. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it is like just organizing, doing things around the house you haven't touched in a while. Like I I've been been trying to stay more focused on the. I've been doing intermittent fasting for a while, and I've been better at that now, like than I was before. And I've pretty much got a rhythm of that going where I don't like eating anything to like noon. Um, so that's been kind of nice to stay on that. And I haven't lost any weight. I've actually lost a little bit of weight while I've been staying home just by changing my, even though I'm, there's still days where I'm like eating bad, but I think because I'm like eating less and not eating out as much, I'm uh, able to contain that and I've been losing some weight. So that's been kind of cool. Nice, man. 
even though I'm sitting down at the chair playing video games yeah, on the weekends. Yeah. But I mean, that's another thing. Like, just kind of sitting down and getting your priorities straight in your life. Yeah. Like, now's a good time to really just look at what you have or don't have or need or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's very true. Um, yeah. Anything else you got on the reins of things that you've been trying to do? I've been wanting to do a garden, but I oh, nice. haven't done that yet. Yeah. Lizette's been talking about trying to get out there more. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we, we kind of need to just because uh, it's we're inside too much. You know, we're, we're, D. Yeah. we're very lucky to live in Texas because we have a yard. We can barbecue. We can, you know, cook out. We can, you know, walk down the street without running into too many people. And, um, you know, it's nice. You know, we, we can go outside, just chill in the backyard and get some sun for a little bit. I know other people don't have that luxury depending on where you live. So... Yeah, if you can definitely get outside more. Make sure mm-hmm. to move that move that blood. The other day, I was just sitting inside and I was like, "Oh my!" I feel so like I just felt so weird. And I, when yeah. I started doing it, I just started jumping up and down, move some blood through my body, and I was like, oh, "Okay, I feel better." <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah, I should do that because I was I was having that yesterday, just sitting there playing six hours of Age of Empires, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, "I gotta get moving." So we would play like a two-hour session or hour and a half long session, and then everybody would stop and go, like go get a drink and walk around and stuff, and come back at it. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, had a oh, good yeah. time. Um, but yeah, I think that's. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that really right now the big thing I'm focused on is just trying to. You know, catch up on things that I haven't, I've been behind on, like just personal dealing with finances and, you know, making sure that I've paid off bills and all that crap. And then cleaned up the house a little bit, been working through that, trying to cook more. Um, So I've been cooking a lot more at the house, trying to just save more money. (laughs) Not that I have been needing to, but just like, just as a habit of just, you know, I don't have to go out all the time. I can stay here and drink my beer, White Claw, or, drink a coffee here or whatever. So I've been doing a lot of that and then trying to play all these games that I've been missing out on. I got a list. I put a list together. It's exciting. Yeah. So sweet, man. Yeah. Well, awesome, everybody. Uh, If you don't have anything else, Austin, I'll uh, guess I'll close this out. You got anything else to add? Uh, No, just I hope everyone's keeping themselves busy, doing a good job and continuing to improve. Make sure you get those games out of the way. Because uh, yeah. you won't have this. This might not happen for another hundred years. We get to stay home and play video games. That's true. That is very true. Yeah, we got got a few coming out. I mean, obviously, we don't have Last of Us coming out anymore in May, but we still have Ghost of Tsushima on target in June. So that's coming around the corner. But there's still plenty of games to play and that have come out in the last couple of years that you just may not have touched. And yeah. now it's time to do it. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for discussion this week, everybody. If you want to contribute to next week's segment, give us a shout at theinnergamer.net or you can join us in our Discord channel. The link is in the show notes. We'll be right back with our upcoming video game releases. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week, let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. We have four things coming out within the next week. Uh, first up on our list is on the 24th of April, Predator Hunting Grounds is here exclusively for the PS4. In this game, it's an immersive asymmetrical shooter set in remote areas where the Predator stalks the most challenging prey. Play as a member of an elite fire team and complete paramilitary operations before 
uh, complete these operations before the predator finds you or play as a predator to hunt the most worthy prey, choosing from your vast array of deadly alien tech to collect your trophies one by one. And then on the 24th as well, we have Trials of Mana re-releasing on PS4, Switch, and PC. This is a 3D remake of the hit classic that released in 95 as Seiken Den Setsu 3. This tale of overcoming the tests of fate has been given new life. Uh, Experience a beloved adventure, fully modernized with graphic improvements, character voiceover support, a remastered soundtrack, and a new episode which you can experience after the ending. In addition to an ability system and a new class that reconstructs the character reconstructs the character leveling system plus more active battles um on the 28th we have gears tactics coming out on xbox one and pc this is a fast-paced turn-based strategy game from one of the most acclaimed video game franchises gears of war almost a god of war oops Living bad. Don't get me excited. Um, I know, right? Uh, outnumbered and fighting for survival, recruit and command your squad to hunt down an evil mastermind who makes monsters. This is basically XCOM, but with Gears of War. So uh, that's interesting and uh, could be kind of cool. And then on the 28th, we have the indie game Moving Out coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. This is a ridiculous physics-based moving simulator that brings new meaning to, quote, couch co-op. Are you ready for an exciting career in furniture? As a newly certified furniture arrangement and relocation technician, you'll take on moving jobs all across the busy town of Packmore. So those are the games we have coming out. Um, Kind of interested in Predator Hunting Grounds, but I'm also worried that it might not be great. And uh, definitely interested in moving out to play with friends because I think that could be a fun little quick co-op game to jump into. So any of these you're excited about, Austin? Uh, not really. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, I have enough to do with with Resident Evil Three and uh, Final Fantasy VII. Remake, truth, so. truth, truth. Just saying. All right, well, that's gonna wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to join us on our stream next week on Wednesday. We'll be streaming at Twitch.tv/TheInnerGamerCast or Mixer.com/TheInnerGamer. Uh, we're playing through Divinity Original Sin. Yeah, by next week, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, yes, yes, sorry. Yes, I always forget that. By tomorrow, we'll be streaming. So tune in tomorrow and watch us stream. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. And if you want to support our show, you can donate on our website over at thenewgamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast, videos, and events even better. You can also join in on our con- on the conversation over on our Discord channel, so check out the show notes for that link. And as always, if you cannot donate monetarily, you can also uh, help us by sharing this episode with a friend, a family member, or a close loved one. The more eyes we get in front of our content, the faster we can grow, and we can uh, appreciate your continued support. I'm Austin Morales. And I'm Brian Oski. And you've been listening to the Indie Gamer Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Podcast out.